0: I guess we should do this thing huh
1: fuck yeah let's do this
0: all right Back to another episode of uh, tip to tip with Lou and Chris. My name is Lou. And I'm Chris. It's
1: Chris. Right across the table.
0: Yeah, this is a special episode. This is a this is one for the books right here. Me and Chris are in the same room right now. In the same state. Yeah, maybe we should even maybe take a picture. Just to like prove it. It'll be funny because the actual moment that we take the picture that we post will actually be uh in the room here. There's <laughs> a Turn around here so that we go. go
1: get
0: this is live. We're live. We're right doing now. it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that looks awful on my part. And I'm gonna fucking I'll do, do it again. You Let's wanna take another one? Even though I thought I'm, pr- I'm still gonna post that one because it's funny looking. Yeah. But I'm gonna try to give it Ooh. Ooh. That was uh, that you probably felt that out at home there. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Enough of that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> We're on vacation we are so chris came to visit and uh his wife will be here tomorrow yeah but right now it's just me and chris in the drawing room that's what i call my office and there may be points during this episode where we just stop talking because we're looking into each, each other's eyes and it just might get lost and
1: <laughs> suddenly <laughs> it might get more romantic than usual it might it might this is interesting this, this is, is going to be a different flavor this is more I don't know. It's more um, Personal. intimate. Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: Yeah, not only that, but there's no lag. Normally when we record there's just a little lag. Yeah, We, do clap. <laughs> we don't have to clap to, to get our sound queued up because we're recording at the same time in the same session. So enough uh, technical bullshit. Today we're going to be talking about my uh, 15th job, which was Warehouse Music in Costa Mesa, California. Episode 15. We're episode 15. We're still... To the point where our episode number matches the job number. Uh, probably the next episode, that's going to get a little hairy. But we'll talk about that then. Right now, we're talking about warehouse music, and we're going to do the uh, occupational breakdown. Break it down! That's a good one. <laughs> I like it. I'm not going to do nothing to that. Maybe maybe put a little compress compression on it. Yeah. A little touch of reverb. Put a little guitar behind it. That would be weird. <laughs> like a triplet. Just <laughs> one triplet. <laughs> I'm going to do a triplet for the audience uh yeah today like i said warehouse music uh the position held i think i was just an associate i don't remember if i had a name or whatever but i was just random a, shit yeah i was a dude who like would sell you stuff hey bro you need some help mm-hmm. cool okay <laughs> exactly that's exactly what i sounded <laughs> yeah. like uh the wage earned at this job was 5.75 an hour which is probably close to maybe a little less than i was making at hughes but not less to the point where it mattered <laughs> Um, so yeah, and I was, I was, I think maybe four to six months, four to five months, less than six, more than four would be my guess of how long I worked there. And that my friends was your occupational breakdown.
1: Break it down. Break it down. Break it down. <laughs> you know, I also want to mention just really quick. Yeah. And we could edit this somewhere else oh, if it makes more sense. Maybe. <laughs> um, we drove around quite a bit. Um, this is actually day two of me being in California. Um, Lou and his wife, Tammy, picked me up from the airport and we drove around looking for a Kogi for a Kogi food truck. We didn't find it. It was too late. I feel like you're trying to trying to call me out here a little bit. It was too late. No, I, I wasn't going to bring any details up. But, I know, but this story involves me being a fucking moron. All right, We were driving quite a bit, but in that driving, we I. Personally, saw a lot of the um, jobs that we were talking about previous. Yeah, so yeah. that was pretty neat,
0: as well as today. Yeah, and the in and the future, in the future, in the future, the future is the big one. Um, yeah, he saw a lot of Hollywood and a lot of a lot of funsies. Yeah, but yeah, I we were looking for the Kogi food truck, and I drove. We drove very far to try to get there before they left, and then when we were about twenty minutes away from getting there and missing it. I realized that the brick and mortar Kogi place was like right next to where we started. We were a block away from it. Yeah, I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so we 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 didn't make the truck yesterday, and we ate at the Crack Shack in Pasadena instead. Yeah, that was fucking good though. Got our crack on. I enjoyed it. It's weird. It's a restaurant, but they serve you crack. We got high. It was just all. It was just, we all had crack pipes, and we just partook. <laughs> No, it's chicken sandwiches, it's chicken sandwiches, <laughs> it's good and though. deviled eggs. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, we had kogi today, and if you haven't, I know this isn't a food centric podcast, but if you haven't had kogi and you're in the vicinity of L. A., you should definitely get your short rib taco on because they're delicious, it's so good. But back to the back to the the mission at hand here. We're talking about warehouse music. Um, last episode, I love you. Where did I leave us? I wanted to. They were trying to promote me at Hughes from being a bag boy to a supervisor, a department supervisor.
1: That was poster prior to the bagging Olympics. <laughs> 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 Very post.
0: <laughs> and uh, and then when they told me they wanted me to be the department lead of the liquor department, I got freaked out, which is you hilarious. You didn't
1: fucking mention that, I don't think, in the podcast. Didn't I? I don't think you did. Did we talk about... Did we do a podcast about Hughes? yeah <laughs> i'm like things are starting to get blurry yeah no we see okay so here's what's a little difficult and this probably shows and this will show more now that i'm saying something about it but like we'll do a show or two prior to when they're released so then like our details are a little bit right further back it's not like well you know what else the problem is for me
0: is i edit the episodes but not always right after we record them so we'll record three episodes and then a week later i'll edit one and then a week after that i'll edit the next one and then in the meantime we're recording new episodes so you have two on the stove still i do it's getting a little hairy here it's getting a little dicey yeah so i you don't remember that well back to it no whether or not this will be one of those fun moments for the audience where they're like yeah he did or like last time i did this they'll be like no chris is right you didn't (laughs) uh i quit hughes under a black cloud so to speak because i they want to promote me and then they offered me a, like a lead position, and then after I like was like, "Yeah, that sounds good." They scheduled me in the liquor department, and I was like, "Well, I don't, don't want to do that." You know, I was super straight edge. And do they offer you money prior I to that? Rem- do they say we'll give you this much to do it. I think the game we were playing is you're gonna like start working in the liquor department and see how the fit is, and then if things go well, we're gonna promote you and give you more money. Yeah, so, you weren't you weren't there. Nah, it's kind of a bait and switch, kind of a feel. But honestly, I probably would have been fine with it if it hadn't been the liquor department. I just wanted nothing to do with alcohol. I didn't want to. Do, I didn't want to learn about it. You know, that was really the sticking point. Wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna get drunk by osmosis or something stupid like that. It was I didn't want to learn about the different brands, and I didn't want to have to talk to people about like, oh, this one's better than this one, or this is higher quality than this I'm one. I'm sure part of that. Part of your decision, and that was
1: your ideals, though. Sure. Your moral. Yeah, but I mean, you, as, as a bag boy, that. I
0: was bagging fucking alcohol and cigarettes and shit, and I didn't like even looking I, at this yeah, stuff. I believe that. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but I did it. That makes it more personal, though. It's like your department. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it, I didn't want to take ownership over something I thought was poison. Yeah. Uh, I, can't, I can't believe I wouldn't have mentioned that. I guess this is the the fun of doing the podcast where I'm just talking off the cuff. I have some notes, but usually I go way the fuck off book, and then I don't even remember where I left off. So Yeah, I could be wrong, but I was like... I hope, I hope you are, because last time you weren't, and I, I didn't feel stupid, but I was like, oh, I'm definitely wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I quit Hughes. I basically decided I'm going to bounce when I realized, and then around the same time, the warehouse music that my girlfriend and her girlfriend worked at, was uh, suddenly hiring again. And so I got an interview there kind of through them. I did my interview on my lunch break from Hughes. And then like within a day or two, they gave me the job. And I put my two weeks in at Hughes. And then at that point, they had scheduled me like two or three or four shifts in the liquor department. And I just called out sick on all, all
1: those. I worked my normal shifts and called out on the liquor ones. Not that you were that personal with many people at Hughes, but did they know your stance on alcohol? Some of them did, but most of them
0: didn't. I wasn't pushy about it, generally. You know? It's one of those things where if you get to know me, we talk about it, but I wasn't like, hey, just so everyone knows here. You know? I'm not doing that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um before we get too far further, I realized that last episode I didn't talk about the fact that I was a vegetarian. I became a vegetarian right around the time I started working at Hughes. So at this point I was a vegetarian.
1: Um a vegetarian.
0: Yeah, I mean People, When it comes up, people are like, well, why? Why did you do it? And I'm like, honestly, it was sort of just in line with the straight edge thing. And I I guess to a degree, I felt that, like, oh, I don't want to ingest the suffering of other creatures, that kind of shit. Which, sure, there's probably some validity to that. I don't really buy it like I did then. but You're the kind of person that
1: likes to test yourself to see if you could do things, too. Yeah,
0: I think it was some that. Like, oh, I wonder if I could do this. I wonder how much of my lifestyle would change or be different. I also was trying to cut weight a bit, try to get, you know, get the six pack popping. And I was like, well, if I don't eat cheeseburgers, that might help. Uh, It didn't help, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I was a vegetarian for three years. And my meat, my uh, meals consisted basically of melted cheese on top of other melted cheese. (laughs) And bread. Dude, I had meals where it was like garlic cheese bread with a side of mozzarella sticks. And like, it was that kind of thing. And then some fucking fries with cheese sauce to dip them in. And a large
1: Coke. Oh, I love Coke.
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh, vegetarianism for me started here. And then three years later, I'll tell you about when it ended. <laughs> Probably next year sometime in episode. That's a decent you know.
1: chunk of life to not be doing that, though.
0: Yeah. And it's the funny thing is, after I started eating meat again, I went way the fuck off the end. Like, at this point, I had... I was like a, you know, I ate like fucking fast food hamburgers and stuff. I wasn't really a connoisseur at all. And then after I started eating meat again is when I started trying stuff. Like, you know, I never had a fucking French dip sandwich before this. But after this, I've eaten thousands of them. (laughs) Extending your palate. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I was 19, but I had the palate of like a 13-year-old. I never had a fucking Euro before that, you know. There's a lot of things that I didn't have that are now joyous parts of my life. And unfortunately, the suffering of animals is, you know, Gone. <laughs> kind of not a factor. <laughs> Gone by the wayside. Yeah. Well, it's it's become not a priority for me. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, judge, if you will. Let me ask you two really quick. Yeah. Um,
1: where was Warehouse Music?
0: So, like I said before, the apartment that we had at the time was about two blocks away from Hughes. And then if you went, uh, let's see, west on... 19th street i believe it was about maybe three large blocks it probably took about 10 minutes to walk from my apartment to warehouse music It wasn't far it was close uh not as close as hughes but definitely walking distance i never needed like rides home or anything uh but yeah we i got a job there so i was working with the two girls i was living with at the time and i liked the job a lot Um, You know, it was it was a record store. They did a lot of video rental business. So there was a big portion of the customers that were coming to rent videos. You know, it was a combination of like music sales and video rentals, basically. They uh, yeah, it was fun. You know, it was. Did they also sell videos,
1: or was it they were trying to keep up with...
0: I don't think so. This was before DVDs, and I think they had a selection, but I don't remember there being a big selection. VHS was... I don't know if you remember. You might be too young, just barely, to remember. There was a point where buying a VHS... Like, let's say you went to Blockbuster, and you rented a new release, and then you lost it.
1: Like $90. Yeah, they would
0: charge yeah. you like 90 or or $100 for that fucking video. And that might in fact, be what they were paying for those fucking videos. And then they would just rent it until they made their money back. And then after that, it's all fucking profit. Um, it was, they were really expensive, like out of control, expensive.
1: That can't be that they bought a VHS for $90, could it? I don't know. Like I, one title. I feel like Dan might know the answer to that. He <laughs> might. Maybe I'll ask him. But
0: I know that that was how they acted. Whether yeah. or not the behind the scenes stuff was legit it's crazy now when you think back and you're like, I fucking buy a DVD at Best Buy for like four bucks. Like it, it's not, it makes no, you can buy a Blu- Blu-ray for five bucks right now. It makes no sense to spend $90 on a fucking VHS. I remember being
1: at either Family Vet, Va- uh, Family Video or Blockbuster and seeing like the, you know, you're fucked if you lose this or if you yeah. damage it or whatever. And it was like 90 bucks. Like it's outrageous. Yeah.
0: I worked at video stores a couple of times over the years, and I was in the position sometimes where somebody didn't return a video and they weren't returning our phone calls. And after like thirty days, we would auto charge the credit card on file they had for that amount, and they would come in afterwards like pissed off, like you charge my fucking card a hundred bucks or ninety nine forty seven or whatever, like late fees and everything. Sometimes not just for the fucking like after a while, we just sell them the video. You know what I mean? That you was just like it. yeah, and I can't remember who i know there was like a d or c level celebrity this is years later at a different job and maybe i'll remember by the time but they like that happened to them and they came in really pissed off and i was like i recognize you and i'm sad that you're mad at me right now but i can't think of who it was at the moment did you say that no i think i i think i was <laughs> just like head? i was like, listening i didn't i didn't run this charge and i don't really know the situation but looking at the account yeah they charged you full vhs price for this and it, we gave you
1: three months to return it and you didn't so uh yeah. you you weren't a buyer for Ken's video, but I feel like maybe you should know how much. Yeah.
0: You now that I think about it. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, I would give the buyer like title suggestions, right. and director suggestions, and I'd give them the information sometimes to contact the production companies or whatever, but I never really looked at pricing.
1: I feel like porn would be more expensive too.
0: Yeah, probably. It definitely was if you went just into a store to buy one. Yeah. That's another fucking thing. You go into a, a porno shop in the mid nineties and you're spending
1: 50 60 bucks for one of those things. I mean there was a lot of content, right? There's like as much content on them usually and, as they were now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean it was you you got your money's worth you're getting a little bang for your buck. Listen. <laughs> Listen, dude.
0: So uh Yeah, I I remember enjoying the job quite a bit. It was very chill. There's no dress code really beyond just don't be a scumbag. The people were all fun. It was like young, attractive people mostly. And uh were there threesomes in the back room? No, it wasn't that kind of place. Fucking would have been awesome though. <laughs> Luke, can you pass me that uh, Dire Straits album next to you? <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was just like a fun job. Like I remember they had a disc changer in the place like that played over the speakers. And when you worked, you basically got to choose a CD as your choice in there. So everybody had like their CD that they chose. And then, you know, it would be on shuffle. And I used to piss everybody off. And, you know, at first I would pick stuff I liked. And, you know, this is fun. And then I'd get bored. And so then when they came to me like, hey, Lou, what CD do you want? And I'd give them this fucking, there was this, this CD that was essentially cats meowing to the melody of songs. Fuck you. <laughs> like and it was like christmas songs and all kinds of like ridiculous stuff. It's like you know like and it was like july like that kind of stuff and then like different meows not the same cat like different cats would chime in and sometimes the cats would harmonize with each other and i at first it was funny but then on song like three or four in the rotation people were like fuck off with this cat s- cd like stop it and the more annoyed people would get the more i'd like just love it like oh i can't this fucking cd is awesome I definitely had that CD at one point. I'm
1: feeding off your misery. I
0: did. I don't know what it is about. It's fun sometimes to really push people's buttons, especially over something like that. You know, that fucking cat CD was the best. I had a chipmunk's like Alvin and the Chipmunks CD I put in there. Fucking wild, wild. (laughs) I probably ruined some threesome prospects by doing that. I'm gonna be honest with you there's probably some people there who might have liked me did your girlfriends ever get mad at you uh, i'm sure yeah i guarantee you at, at a point they were like part of the annoyed crew Like, knock it off but dude they were always putting Tori amos in there every fucking time and i like Tori amos as much as the next dude who likes Tori amos but <laughs> <laughs> but like at a certain point you know we get you, you you hit your limit um yeah it was but it was fun we had fun with it and You'd get to know the customers because of the rental business. They'd be the same people a lot. And, you know, the thing that was weird to me is, like, remembering if they didn't have a credit card or they didn't want to give you the credit card, they would write a check for the amount of a video. So, like, they'd write a check for, like, $125 and give it to you. And then you would just hold that on file. It'd be part of their, like,
1: rental package. You'd use that as kind of, like... Collateral. Yeah. Yeah. Like until you got to that or No, it was
0: just like this check's in here and if you ever if you ever don't return a video, we're gonna check. cash the check. And then if the checks like one of the things in the job was you'd like go through and find expired checks and like tell the cust call the customers and tell them they couldn't rent again until they give us a new check. But like there's no verifying the money's in there. Like you cash the check and it fucking bounce, you know. Here's a check for four thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. I don't really understand the business model of that, but we definitely were doing that uh which is a weird thought because that that wouldn't fly these
1: days there's probably people who haven't even seen a physical check you know no every i mean it's kind of the, the only reason i'm carrying cash is because we're on vacation yeah right? so it's do you just kind of rare Do you have checks i do i'm you an do. adult i know but like I'm i feel like be 33
0: weirdly i think as an adult you can get away with not having checks probably e- easily you I can mean, pay everything online you know
1: back then i mean it would make more sense to have checks yeah also debit wasn't really a thing right no definitely wasn't a
0: thing it was like you had a credit card or you had you had to pull cash out of the atm you had an atm card but it wasn't like you didn't have a visa logo or mastercard logo and you couldn't use it to buy things at like anywhere it was some places accepted uh, atm cards Mm. that's a weird thought technology is fucking awesome case in point you you and me talking into these microphones
1: i know and everyone everywhere can hear us if they want to. I know. Some fucking
0: person in, you know, Bangladesh can download our... I wonder if it's legal there.
1: Is that it, racist to ask that? I <laughs> I, don't know. I guess it could I be ignorant. Someone yeah. in Bangladesh, like, has a thousand times the money that you make a year, and he's like, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, being stupid and racist aren't the same
0: thing, luckily. That's true. And no one ever said I wasn't stupid. Um. Yeah what else about this uh, they had a porno area that was terrible rentals yeah it was rentals and it was it was so small i remember i would like rent stuff and at a certain point i was like i don't even nothing even appeals to me here like i ran out of shit that was interesting in their porno section it was just awful and it wasn't because it was a corporate place it wasn't like we were doing any ordering at the store level so i remember that being a, like all right porn's cool but not here was it more softcore? They had softcore, but they did have some, some hardcore. It, it wasn't as gnarly as Ken's. It wasn't as legit. Uh, something else I liked about it was the used CDs. They sold used CDs. So people would bring in their CD collections and sell them to us, and we'd have to go through and check them all and
1: scratched or not. Scratched. Yeah,
0: scratched, not scratched, and then scan them and see what they're worth. And sometimes they're worth like eight cents, and sometimes they're worth you know buck thirty. If they're worth eight cents, you give them four cents for it. Right? <laughs> yeah, they're never they're never <clears throat> getting a good deal. But I got a lot of cool CDs. I remember back then that way, like someone would bring shit in and I'd be like, oh fuck. I remember I got you know the you know Ice T did a like a metal thing called Body Count back in the day and when it fir- when he first put the album out i bought it and cop killer yeah cop killer got it was on it and then they had to take cop killer off the album so there was like a a version of the album that wasn't in print anymore and i had bought it and then at some point something happened to it i don't remember what but it disappeared out of my collection and i was like oh man and then some dude walked in and sold fucking that album to us without realizing it was the one with cop killer on it and i'm like here you go sir here's your i'm putting that on the side for me you know definitely bought it on the cheap Was that worth more with it? Nope. No, it wasn't like a collector's item in in the eyes of Warehouse Music. Mm. It just was to me because I knew, like, oh, this shit's out of print, you know.
1: Sometimes shit was out of print and they didn't even have it in the system and we couldn't buy it. Did you ever meet any cool people or someone that would turn into a friend because they like stuff that you liked? No. I'm not good at making friends, Chris. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes that's true. It's mostly true. I I'm, I guess you you have to have an in with someone to be friends with them. You got to start working with them or friend of a friend.
0: Yeah, I mean most of my friends have come from either school or work. I can't think of a time I've made a friend and that's been a lasting friend through just a random meet or I'm trying to think like yeah, I don't really have all my friends have been either from met from met at work or school. And I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't not I don't collect friends very easily. I have a shitload of acquaintances you know like give me an example like on like on facebook and stuff i i have i'm facebook friends with like many people i've worked with and i like uh, most of them i mean i like everybody i'm facebook friends with i'm not if i don't like you i'm not hitting accept um but i'm not friends with them you know like they're all nice and some of them are cool and some of them i would hang out with but I don't have the, I don't know, the, the urge, the compulsion to like make a phone call or put myself out there in that way. I think really what it is is I only have this much free time. And when I have that free time, I want to use it for what I want to use it for. And it's very rarely like I'm so bored. I want to go talk to somebody and hang out. I don't really care about that,
1: you know. Yeah, you have a small, I mean, you basically have the same circle since we became friends. Yep. that's And there's nothing wrong with that.
0: I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm like cut off from the world, and it would be nice if I had a little more variety in that way. But you do it to yourself. I do. Well, those are the. It's like those moments where I feel like I kind of wish I had a bigger friend group. Those are the moments where I'm like at something and I wish I was doing something different. And then when I get home and my wife's at work and I'm alone and I'm like, I don't really want to call anybody. (laughs) I've got. 15 projects I want to work on and I've got three or four hobbies that I could definitely spend time doing and that sounds more fun than calling this guy I worked with that I don't know that well that being like hey man what are you doing right now you know like I don't know but usually for me it's like oh I wish I was better friends with that guy because right now I want to do music with somebody and he does music and I could call him but if I call him right now it'll be a whole thing because we haven't talked in 10 months. You have to go through three
1: steps to get to the fourth step.
0: Kind of, yeah. It's like, I just want to skip. I just want to send a text to say, hey, you want to come over and record some vocals? But then they'll be like, wait, what? <laughs> you still know my name? <laughs> you know? I don't know. I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm kind of isolated person, I guess, in that way. I don't know what compels me to want to put my voice on recording and put it out into the world. That's the thing that's strange. You'd think I would be just a hermit, but this is
1: one of your projects. It is. This is a box that you want to check. It is. I'm checking it right now. We're doing it together. We are. Um and I wonder if you're gonna hear it when you edit this episode, but you were definitely talking and I was like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little Easter egg for you when I, you're editing. <laughs> I come and like be scrubbing
0: looking for it. Like, where the fuck is this thing? Listen to this episode like nine times trying to find it. <laughs> <laughs> nice pregnant pause. So I'm going to tell you something right now and it's going to make me sound horrible. And I'm going to try really hard to not say a bunch of stuff I have to edit out because there's past episodes. Sometimes I go down a rabbit hole where I say things that come off as vaguely homophobic, vaguely sexist, vaguely racist, sometimes overtly, all those things. And, you know, I say shit. I'm one of those people that says shit and I never, like, don't believe exactly what I'm saying, but I sometimes say it in a blunt way that's not very sensitive because I think it's kind of a waste of time to worry about that. And
1: Because everyone worries about it?
0: Ki- not just because of that, but, like, I coming from a place of a guy that was kind of bullied, you know, I wasn't bullied, bullied where, like, people beat the shit out of me, but I, like, especially in junior high, I was, like, the lowest on the totem pole and people treated me shitty and I definitely got, like, shoved and, and snow kicked on me and people calling me names and groups of people laughing and pointing at me all like together, you know, where I'm like alone. I don't have any friends. All the popular kids are laughing and pointing at me. And I'm like, just pretending they're not like waiting in line to buy my lunch. Shit like that. So I've been through that side of it. And the way I came out on the other side was largely meeting the right friends and having an attitude of like, fuck them. You know, I'll show them and the way I show fucking kill you. Yeah. The way I showed them wasn't to like injure myself or retreat further inside. The way I showed them was to like basically take my dick out and start slapping people with it. So that's kind of my the way I approach life, which sometimes comes off as very harsh or insensitive or, you know, whatever. But. You know, I, I, in high school, I remember many times defending people who were being bullied, where I saw it, and I didn't even know the person, but I just saw it going down. It's like three dudes picking on this guy, and this guy's clearly, like, not cool and doesn't have friends, doesn't have self-esteem. And here comes the guy that's, like, two years older that these guys don't know, who's not fucking scared to tangle. And, yeah, I've had those moments where I, you know, kind of like the, the movie moment, where I basically get to, you know, make the bullies shit their pants.
1: I don't think you told me a lot about that. I've got some, I'll tell
0: them. You know, they... When I just like, hey, I'm going to tell you a story right now that makes me look awesome. That's not my speed, usually. Usually my speed is, hey, listen to this story. It's going to make me look terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or this is a story that I guess we haven't talked about that.
0: Not really, yeah. Okay. If it comes up naturally, I'll uh, certainly, or off air, if you just want to hear th- stuff like that, I can tell you. But yeah. Um, this story, however, is not one of those stories. This story is going to make me sound bad. Not because of anything I did, but because of just the way I'm going to tell it to you. I don't know if you've ever had a job where they had a like a work program for like mentally disabled or mentally challenged people. Yeah, you're already making a face like you know, <laughs> you know this is going to be a problem. Um
1: I have not. Okay, so
0: I have. This being one of them. And there was a guy that worked at Warehouse Music. He got hired there after me. He was only there for a couple of weeks. He was part-time. I don't remember if he was old, how old he was. He wasn't like a kid. He was probably like late teens, early 20s. He was definitely like mentally handicapped in a way, you know? Um, I don't know what his... I don't know if it was like a disorder or if it was just like a low IQ thing or what it was. But he was definitely severely impaired. Did he look like he was? No, he didn't have like a distinctive look like he didn't he he didn't have Down syndrome he or something to that syndrome. degree. Yet. It wasn't like that, but he was severely impaired and he got the job as like part of a thing from school. And it, I don't even know if they were paying him or if it was a volunteer thing. If it was like a, it was like a like we'll help you, you help us kind of a situation. But he also had a helper that would come with him to work and basically f- supposed to follow him around and help him if he needed it. And she was terrible. She basically ignored him the whole time and, and like did her own thing and sometimes would disappear. But he would, his, he, you know, his job essentially was to, when we would return the videos that people brought back, we'd you know, check them back in the system and everything. And then we put the pile of videos on the sh- counter right here. And then he'd take the pile of videos and put them back out where they're supposed to go, except for he wouldn't put them out where they're supposed to go. He would hide them all over the store in random places. And so when he was working, it became someone's job to follow him around and undo all the stuff he was doing. Basically, did he think it was funny, or I have no idea? This looks like a good spot. I really think he did. He didn't understand the job, and it was one of those situations where you you'd explain what's going on, and as the fucking helper, yeah, explain. Yeah, the helper maybe was supposed to help, but she didn't, and so he would just take piles of videos and just hide them all over the store and i remember being like i don't want to i don't want to be mad at this guy but this is really irritating (laughs) like can we is there any way we can like have this not be a thing that's happening but it wasn't like in our control at all have them sweep man i don't know i don't know if there was some sort of a deal where they were they were like oh we're not gonna have him do any kind of custodial work or i don't know i just know that i spent whole shifts sometimes following this dude around the storm and then like he'd put a video like he's returning fucking white man's burden and he put it behind a fucking movie in the e-section and i'm just like okay and then after he walked away i'd grab it take it out and go put it behind where it's supposed to go and then just it got irritating and i remember thinking like did you ever try to teach him yeah, I had a conversation or two where I was like, hey, like, trying to figure out if he's doing it, like, without realizing it. He was impaired enough that he, you couldn't have, like, a real, you couldn't have, like, a real conversation, you know? So.
1: I don't think that was insensitive.
0: Good. I tried really hard. You did well. I didn't use the R word or anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, that's, I mean, it's funny. It's fun. It's fun that he would hide them wherever he wanted. I kind of like that. If he did it once, if any
0: employee did it, like to be funny, it would be funny. Right. But it, it's like when it's the 4th day that week and you're like, I just don't I don't want to do the this. Guy. Yeah, it's just like oh, I don't want to do this. I'm like just let me do it for you, you know. What was his name? Oh, I don't remember that.
1: <laughs> Fuck. Shoot. This the is glass. the moment.
0: This is the moment where I could be really insensitive and like think of a funny name. But I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So the the joke I just made about the R word right there, is that the same as just saying the R word to you? No. Okay. So it's like one of those where you don't say the word, obviously, for various reasons. Some of them real, like it's not nice. And some of them, like, I just don't want to piss people off for something that's pointless. But then you make, you even acknowledge that word by saying the R word <laughs> And then now you're already back in the hot seat, you know?
1: You already did something wrong. I mean, this goes to, like, the conversation that we had about previous episodes where we were having conversations where I was like, huh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I think I cut all that out. <laughs> yeah. So you agree to some of that? Yeah, of course. Right. So, I mean, you're we're living in this world, and I just watched about 35 minutes of the newest Dave Chappelle Netflix special oh yeah (laughs) and for anyone who's seen that knows what i'm talking about i mean that's a comedian and comedians get away with some shit and i'm i'm curious to watch the rest of that and then read up how people yeah reacted to it because some of that is just blatant like okay he said this was okay button pushing right so i mean we're living in a world where it's you gotta fucking watch where you step yeah and I mean, some of that makes sense and some of it's like, all right, well, we're just now we're just looking for an identity for ourselves to be upset about A, B and C. Yeah. And this was close enough to A to where I'm going to be fucking upset and I'm going to post it on the Internet or I'm going to do this or yeah. I'm going to do that. So, yeah, I tend to not really worry about words.
0: I mean, I do in this forum and I'd say 90 percent of me is trying to not have you guilty by association for something terrible I said. As a you don't joke. you don't
1: really use a lot of that. You don't use those words.
0: No, but I like in a conversation if we're talking about something, I don't it's not like I'm I'm always about context. So like you just saying the word any word to me like doesn't I don't feel any way about it if there's no context. If you're if you were saying like you know what's interesting, the definition of this word versus the definition of this word and you said both words those were whatever those words are wouldn't matter to me they could be any word offensive non-offensive you're not talking about them in a context where you're saying something terrible and so i just don't have any feelings about it one way or the other i've been in situations where people use words in a the context was they were using them in the, the way that was bad and I, I was like what the fuck are you doing man you know like, I had a guy at a job, and I'll talk about it when we get to that job, but I had a guy fucking use the N-word just, like, casually, a white guy, and I was like, and he was driving me home. He was, like, my ride home. I was in a car with him, and he fucking dumped that on me, and I was like, whoa, hang on there. What? <laughs> what? Well, now I just want you to tell me. I'll tell you, like, uh, just to tell you what, what it I mean, he said what he said, and I was like, you know, you don't know me, but... Now you're going to know a little more about me. Like we're not on the same team when it comes to that and I'm curious cuz he seemed like a nice guy otherwise why you would be such a racist prick,
1: <laughs> you know? Did he resp- is that what you said? Yeah. What, how did he respond? What I said he was like
0: oh he's like oh where are you from? And I was like I'm from Chicago and he's like okay and I was like well you're from here obviously this was in Georgia. And he's like yeah I'm like you I'm assuming that your like family all feels that way and cuz He was the kind of guy who would say, like, I'm not racist, but they're just lazy. You know, that kind of shit. And.
1: Yeah, that's not racist
0: at all. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's racist. But you're not. He's like, he wouldn't say, like, oh, I hate these people. It was like, I don't really have any problems with them except for I think this about them. And I was like, you know, that's a fucking weird.
1: You're not saying Tom's lazy. You're saying everyone that looks like Tom is lazy. Yeah. And, And that's. Racist. Yeah.
0: And I I basically said like your views about all this have been very severely shaped in a negative way by your upbringing. And there's nothing I'm going to say in this car ride that's going to change your mind. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're like a pretty nice guy casually. Like at work, you're super nice and you're kind of funny. And like this thing about you is a deal breaker with me. So, like, we can keep being casually friendly at work, I guess, because he we worked with a lot of black people at that job, and he was, like, normal around all of them. He wasn't at all weird, but it was, like, as soon as it was just me and him alone, he, like, let his true colors fly, and I was like, eh, I know I'm white, and I have a long beard, and I kind of look like a hell's angel, but no, that's not what we're doing here. And I didn't – he drove me home. It was fine. We, we left, and then we talked normal, like, at work, just not, like – I didn't really pursue any kind of further acquaintance with him other than that. But, you know, my feeling was, okay, he, he's he's racist for sure, but he's racist in that way where he was raised bad, and he's not like... People can change.
1: Yeah, I Pe- was like... People are taught things, and things can be untaught.
0: I've told people with, that were overtly, like, bad people when it comes to that, and I will just disconnect from them completely, obviously. But someone like that at work... I'm like, it's not like I'm just like, hey, never schedule me with this guy again. We unload fucking trucks. You know, like I don't care. He can be a fucking asshole. There was a guy that worked at that job. I'm telling you all my secrets. I'm not going to tell you which job it is because when we get to the job, I'm like, hey, remember all those stories? But I worked with a guy there who came home. He came to work and he's all fucked up. He had like a black eye and a big scratch in his cheek. And I was like, the fuck happened to you? He's like, "Eh, I got into it with the old lady. And I was like, wait what apparently like he was drinking and she was drinking and they like got in an argument and it turned physical physical and they beat the shit out of each other and he was just casually like yeah i gave it as good as i got it (laughs) one of those (laughs) yeah and i was like all right well now i know your deal so i'll be over here on this side of the room like the fuck georgia this is why i didn't like georgia when we get to the georgia episodes and and i'm like i gotta get out of fucking georgia these are the the kind of things that pushed me that direction (laughs) It wasn't just by, like, reputation, you know? But anyway, back to the warehouse. Back to the music. Back to the music. Um, Behind the music. Yeah, this fucking job. I bought my first Miles Davis CD while working here. Did I ever tell you about my jazz journey? No. I don't know if it's interesting, but we're going to do it right now. Uh, And this is... I'm going to be hard-pressed to explain how any of this makes any sense, but I'll try what what was the influence on this was dan the influence on this well when i was younger and kind of listening to different kinds of music and figuring out what i liked and didn't like you know the jazz that i listened to i was like it just sounds like fucking instruments falling down the stairs i don't understand what's going on it's nonsense doesn't make sense to me it's not there's no groove i don't get it right and this is when i was maybe high school aged i met dan at ridge many jobs ago and uh well i guess probably about 12 jobs ago We were at the movies. Yeah, that was one of the first time we went to the movies. And he liked jazz, and we'd talk about music, and he was like, I don't understand why you don't like it. It's awesome. And I was like, I just don't get it. Here's the thing. There's a couple of music things like that that Dan was like trying to hit me to, and I was like, I don't get it. Uh, And maybe one day we'll do a podcast about that kind of stuff because I think the idea of talking about bands that we initially hated and then eventually figured out why they were good and liked them. Rush being a good example for me. I fucking hated Rush when I was younger. And it was almost all just, I don't like the vibe of Rush fans. <laughs> you know? Like, I never really gave Rush a chance. I was just like, I don't... You know, you hear a second of Getty Lee's voice and you're like, fuck that guy. And then you see Rush fans with their Rush shirts and their fucking prog rock, and you're like, nah. Uh, but back to jazz. I didn't get the point and it just didn't feel like good music to me and he tried to kind of get me on board and just it wouldn't happen and then at a certain point i think the thing that did it i was okay this is actually fucking funny well first before i get there we're gonna do something else let me have it i went through a smooth jazz phase i'm okay with smooth jazz dude i went through a smooth jazz phase when i it was actually when i was working at ridge are we talking Kenny G? Yeah. We're talking all... Like, I got into it where I knew band, I knew groups, I knew, like, oh, this guy used to be in Spyro Gyro, you know, that kind of shit, <laughs> like, oh, man, I gotta get the new Acoustic Alchemy CD.
1: <laughs> Who are you, bro?
0: It was... So, I got into it... I used to, like, when I would drive to work or whatever, I would put on, like, WNUA or whatever the fucking station was that's played smooth jazz in Chicago, and... It was like kind of chill and it became a joke like I was like oh it'd be really funny if I pulled up to pick up my friends and I was listening to fucking smooth jazz like I was jamming smooth jazz and so I would put it on and then pull up and they'd all laugh in the car and then I'd turn it off put on Fugazi or something and then it got to the point where I was like leaving it on and I started like oh I kind of like this vibe this is a cool groove they got going here oh I like those flutes you know that kind of thing. And then I started buying fucking smooth jazz CDs and trying to like, what was that one song by the? Oh, okay. And like going in the music store and like, hey, do you guys have this? Like, it was. I don't. I went from making fun of it to liking it, and then I embraced it because that's the way I am. We just talked about that a minute ago. My attitude is like, oh, everybody thinks smooth smooth jazz sucks, and I think it's kind of cool. I'm gonna just put it out there that I like, you, smooth, I like. Yeah, it. I like fucking smooth jazz. I'm gonna make you listen to some smooth jazz. So I went through like this smooth jazz phase where I was buying CDs and I knew it and I was like listening to it a lot. And then, of course, I was like, okay I've kind of hit my limit of smooth jazz. I always looked at like, okay smooth jazz is if you took like real jazz and just put a 4-4 beat over it. Right. And took like... This little three-measure part of this jazz song is cool. I like the vibe. I like the melody here. And then I'm just going to make that the song and repeat that 14 times and then go to a chorus and then repeat that again 14 times. And then this dude's going to do a fucking flute solo over it, right? And that's, like, why I, I was like, oh, jazz is just too complicated and weird and I don't get it. And it was just too far off the reservation for me or whatever. Fast forward to, I don't know, 93... I think mean, it was later than that, but I remember. What year what? was it that you were into smooth jazz? It was it was ninety. It was ninety three. So after that, at some point, I saw. Did you ever see in the Lo- in the line of fire starring Clint Eastwood as a, no. a secret service guy? Hey, dude, you were fucking crazy. I'm gonna beat you over the head with a bottle. How do you have? These... I asked you to make a list for me, dude. The list is gonna be as long as my nuts.
1: Mm-hmm. Gotta start. Gotta start. Somewhere. I
0: guess, but okay. So I love do you... you? I love you too. <laughs> Do you know the movie In the Line of Fire starring no, Clint Eastwood? No. Okay, so he plays a secret service a secret service agent. He's old. Clint Eastwood's been old so, since, since I was 80s, born. yeah. But he's old and he's training like a new guy. And then John Malkovich plays a guy who's going to assassinate the president and then it becomes a game of cat and mouse between them and uh, John Malkovich's character kind of is obsessed a little bit with um Clint Eastwood's character so they like he calls him and stuff. There's a lot of, it's a fucking awesome movie. It's really good. But one of the things about Clint Eastwood's character in that movie is he likes jazz, and there's a part in the movie where he's listening to a song, and I was like, "That's like real jazz, but it's not, it's not too complicated it's for me. It's Not as hard. It's not as like out there. It's like you know, kind of palatable, right? But it's still real jazz. It's definitely not smooth jazz." I'm like, what is that? And then at some point I talked to Dan and Dan's like, it's fucking Miles Davis, asshole. Like that's like one of the most famous jazz songs ever off. Like one of the most famous jazz albums ever. Is it kind of blue? Yeah. It's off kind of blue. It's called uh, I think all blues maybe is the song. I'm trying to remember, but it's been a long time since I thought about that. But so at some point I was like, oh that fucking that that jazz album that Dan talked about. It was like one of those things. They're like, what was the jazz album Dan was talking about? Oh, the most famous jazz album of all time, you mean? But I was like, call you know, calling him like, hey, what was that album called again? He's like, fuck you, like, come on, dude, just go in and say give me jazz, and it'll be the top of the shelf, you know. But. I bought Miles Davis kinda blue while working at the warehouse music and of course was like, This is fucking brilliant. Like it's perfect. It's a perfect first <laughs> jazz album. I call it feelings. Yeah, yeah. It it's like the first time I listened to jazz and got that that vibe, that the chills, that kind of shit. It's still I mean, it's not very cool to
1: have it be your favorite jazz album. It's it's cool to people that don't know jazz, right? They're like, oh, this guy's cultural. Kind fucking- of.
0: I mean, it is. It's a good, it's a good introductory album because it's, it's real jazz, but it's not complicated to the degree where it's going to turn most normal people who like music off. It's it was a different kind of jazz at the time. He was doing something different, and that was the point of it. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's definitely the best jazz album ever. It's like the Bible of jazz. Like you know, you just—it's a must-have. It should be everybody's first jazz album.
1: Well, we we're talking about Jaco Pastorius earlier, and he's probably the famous, most famous bass player that someone has never heard of. If you haven't heard of Jaco Pastorius, but yeah. one album that he did, and all the players that he did, and you'll probably remember this exactly, is that um, he either said to the guys we're going to be playing in this key, go in your booth and play it. And then that's going to be the album. Like no, no rehearsals. They just, all the, all they did was play whatever they fucking wanted. And then they put it fucking together. And that was the album. Yeah. I think that was the first album that they did when they, he was on like fucking Warner brothers or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, I don't think we could put this out because it's just fucking noise. And the tempo is all over the place and whatever. Have you ever listened to giant steps by John Coltrane?
0: no it's another like titan of jazz and john coltrane obviously he's like one of the best musicians of all time but he uh he put this album out and it was just like leaps and bounds ahead of anything that had been done before and it's funny because it's sort of like universally understood that the piano player that played on the album was like not quite up to speed like he's just like playing for his fucking life through that entire album like holy shit what's this guy doing you know um kind of yeah it's it's crazy it's a crazy album and there's I mean, you know, obviously... Giant I'm, Steps, the album's called? Yeah, Giant Steps. And then there's a, the song, too, is called Giant Steps. But uh, but yeah, so that was sort of my... When I first got into jazz was during this time and started like buying more albums and trying to learn more and figure out what my actual taste was in jazz. I also weirdly remember I got a gift card for being Employee of the Month at one point, and I used that gift card to buy Life is Peachy, the new corn album at the time and i was so excited cuz like corn's oh, got a new album and of course i i think that's a great album um you know if you like that it's kind of shit it's fucking amazing so yeah i remember getting that and be like it's one of those times where you're like oh it's not going to be as good as the first one and you're like oh yeah it is so like when you know fucking Inema by tool came out or however you pronounce that fucking name with an e and an a <laughs> together it's one letter but uh yeah it, it's i have a lot of like fun music memories from working at that job it's was, it was pretty cool
1: for that are you done with jazz I have a quick jazz. Story. Yeah, jazz me up. So a couple years back, my wife and I went to fucking whatever Jazz Fest 2018 and it was at Millennium Park. And I couldn't tell you who played. I know that there was a group that played a Jacko album all the way through. But that's cool. It went from smooth jazz and what? There's fucking eighteen subgenres of jazz, right? Yeah. And this fucking group went on and it sounded like fucking Um, what's that fucking heavy band that just like a lot of snare, a lot of ride, um, starts with a D. (laughs) I know it's, you're going to edit this shit out. (laughs) I (laughs) I might, I'm
0: enjoying watching you fucking try. I had
1: it, I had it in my head and I fucking lost it. What genre are we talking about? Like fucking metal, like with a D they they had one singer and then the new singers dimitri or the old singer oh uh
0: dillinger escape
1: plan yes okay so erase that i'll delete a bunch of the the empty space during it sounded like dillinger escape plan without distortion yeah and you know you hear jazz is so cool because jazz has paved the way for so many and when i heard that i was like i got fucking chills and it just like and this album they were playing an album and it was from like Fucking 1950s, really, or early 1960s, wow. but it just blew my mind because jazz is something that I want to get more into yeah. and learn more about. But it's it's there and you don't know it.
0: It's a hard road to go down too. It's like sort of intimidating, um and there's people who like it so much and know it so well and can tell you like this guy played on this album and that album. And it's weird too because it's not like normal music where they put an album out and then they tour on the album and then that's the album or it's like sometimes the albums are sessions you know sometimes the albums have three three of the same song played three different ways and sometimes an album comes out and it's got a fucking song they have they play standards so it's like oh i've heard this song before it is it oh it's not actually them it's like five you've heard a cover of a cover of a cover kind of thing yeah jazz can be kind of weird and and nebulous like that but it's pretty rewarding i mean i i'm still like i would definitely be a novice at best i'm i'm not i know more than the average person but not not the average jazz fan for
1: sure um but i like it i heard that life is peachy was heavily influenced on jazz yeah (laughs) all day i dream about jazz Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: the original the original version and they just they're like it's not edgy enough (laughs) come on you're corn uh jazz so during this time i was actually getting back to back into skating i had like fallen off i stopped skating for a while and then i was i bought a skateboard around this time i went and you're 19 yeah 19 or 20 now um yeah i i i kind of stopped skating towards the end of high school i would say i i stopped bringing my skateboard everywhere i went during my senior year you know um maybe even like midway through junior year i i ate some shit like pretty significant shit uh And I was just like, this this isn't probably worth it. (laughs) And I wasn't that good, you know. I was, you know, in my group of friends, I was probably, like, slightly above average. And I was definitely better than some. But then I'd see people who were really good, and I'd be like, I'm never going to be that good. Vic? Yeah, Vic Valerio from Captain Jazz was, like, one of those guys who just barely, he'd, like, just skate by me. I'm like, Fuck. well might as well quit uh-huh basically so but yeah i started getting back into skating i kind of missed it i missed you know being a guy who skated and had a skateboard and and you know i enjoy the act of skateboarding and there was a curb kind of two blocks away from and i used to go on my brakes and skate it and it was all you know waxed up and shit and i ate serious shit fucking landed on the curb on my ribs broke a rib fucking had to go back to work and work <laughs> with a cracked rib and how old were you like 19 or 20. It's probably 20. This is I, when you got back into it. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And uh so that rib, I have a rib that I've cracked multiple times throughout my life. Like it's one of those just anytime I eat shit and hit my ribs, that sucker's going to fucking snap. And the first time I fucking broke it, I was riding bikes with Aaron actually, and I was in front, he was behind me, we we're riding and I pulled the front up to get up a curb or no, to go yeah, to get up a curb. I pulled up and then when I pulled up, the front wheel just came off the fucking bike. And so I like pulled up and then immediately pitched forward onto the ground and like flipped over the handlebars and like ate shit. And the bike landed on top of me and I was like, fuck, it's all sore. And then like a day or two later, I was like, oh, it hurts when I breathe, you know, kind of thing. Um, I definitely cracked my rib and then I cracked it again, fucking around, like doing something stupid with a girl where I was like on a slide and she was like laying on the slide and I was like holding her arms and she like her, the weight of her holding me and pulling me on my ribs
1: fucking snapped that shit again. Did you ever do anything to fix it?
0: You can't really fix a broken rib. You're just supposed to wait. You, you can't, you're not supposed to wrap it's it. It's supposed to like heal. Yeah, it just heals. Men's. Yeah, but it, apparently, you know, sometimes bones heal stronger. So that bone did not heal stronger. I was play fighting at a job in the future like we were like sparring basically me and this dude were kind of duking it out but like not trying to hurt each other we're just having fun and he fucking kneed me and cracked that fucking rib again I was like god damn this fucking rib <laughs> so then I broke it again like about four or five years or f- six years ago now I fucking was chasing my stepson and I fell and so that's like six times yeah, something like that. Same fucking rib. It's a, it's a bastard. So if you, if you wanna, if you and me ever get in a fist fight out in the world, you know, me, me and you, fan, go for the ribs. Go for the ribs. I'm not gonna tell you which side. You're just gonna have to pick one and hope it's the right one, because the next <laughs> punch is knocking you the fuck out. Biatch. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, but I still kept skating. Actually, after that. I didn't quit again for probably a little while. Did you get your chops back? I got better than I had been, but I never got good. You know, like I, it's funny when I, I follow a bunch of skaters on Instagram who are like ridiculous. Like, I don't even understand what, what how they're doing it. It's like it looks they're magicians. It's fucking crazy. I'm a pretty good skater when I'm playing Tony Hawk.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs> that game's awesome because it can let you like relive the glory days without fucking breaking your rib. <laughs> well, that the first one was like my fucking game. Yeah, me too. And then what what did you introduce me to? Is it the third one or the fourth one? probably the fourth one. Yeah. Yeah. For PS2. Yeah, the fourth one's the shit. It's a good one.
0: Yeah, I actually liked those Tony Hawk games more before they got like story oriented and like where you could get off the board. Some of those later games are good, but then I prefer just like I don't think I know what you're talking about. I just s- did like the contests. After 4, they started to have stories and you could get off your board and walk around the world and talk to people and they would give you missions. It like became that type of a game. Mm. I mean, it was still fun. There was still some good stuff in there, but never as good as those early ones, in my opinion. Could you score weed? <laughs> maybe it's possible. Talk to the right guy. I don't remember, but it's maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's a fam. It's a you know T rated game, so probably not. They probably called it something else. Um. Yeah. Beyond that, the only thing I can really think of that's relevant to this time period is, uh, you know, as, as I talked about, al- I alluded to, I think, in the last episode, you know, the. Uh, the girl that was living with me and my girlfriend, things didn't work out. She ended up moving out. And around the same time, my friend Aaron and his girlfriend moved out and moved in with us. They were doing some sort of like a college credit thing where they would come out and, you know, get a job in their field of choice. And they were living in Chicago at the time? They were in Kalamazoo, Michigan. That's where he met her at college there. Okay. And so as part of their, like, senior year or some shit, I don't remember, but they were able to get college credit by you know it was one of those where they could have picked anywhere and because we were living there and they knew they could come stay with us uh they chose you know california so yeah that was interesting uh not not things relevant to the job (laughs) or you know
1: really to anything beyond like just interesting life stuff but did this not rekindle anything musical between you guys No,
0: not really. It kind of did. Did he bring so his bass? I don't think he did. Um, he was super into piano at the time. You know, you fucked up. How? You know, you done fucked up. Yeah, when I buy, I bought the bottle of beer at eleven forty-five. Yep. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I, the, I just would have looked at that he as a chance his to get... bass. Yeah. He could have, and I just don't. We just didn't do anything with it. It was like he wasn't gonna stay. He was coming to. For how long was it? Uh, it was maybe four months, three months,
1: something Is like that, that. like a fucking semester? Yeah. Okay.
0: So I knew he was leaving again. And we'd always talked about like, oh, maybe once you're done with college or something like that. It, you know, like I said before, we, when I moved to California the first time, we were trying to start a band. He had gone through a year of college. He went back to college. I moved to California. At this point, it's a year later. It's probably a year and three months after that. He's still in college for another year or 2, I don't remember, but in the future we'll talk about like him finishing college and then us starting a band together and that's kind of this I think you know we talked about the future a bit but it was like nothing was
1: going to happen right now, you know. So we never yeah. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but that's how I remember that, it. I mean, I guess that makes more sense. I mean, if it was today and I came to stay out here for a few months, we would probably try to get something done. Yeah. Well, things are different now because of the internet
0: so you and i can write songs together and then you can fucking bounce and then we can keep writing songs together versus then it was like if you leave that's we're done we can't do anything if you leave Were you gonna fucking send me mp3s in the mail (laughs) there weren't mp3s
1: what's an mp3 yeah
0: yeah like literally what you'd have to do is record something on tape put it in an envelope send it to me and then i put it onto my whatever no, I don't, I didn't even own anything I could record on at that point. I had a shitty Tascam 4-track that was not acceptable for anything beyond, like, demoing for myself. <laughs> what do you see? I'm looking at stuff on your shelf. I know, it's interesting. Now you can look around the room while we're talking and, you know,
1: like, what is that? There's a dildo on your <laughs> shelf. <laughs> Glass. Yeah, there is a... Is it a Z or an S? I think it's an S. It's an S, but I... am there's an umlaut yeah, over the, the A.
0: it is an umlaut. I think you're supposed to, to pronounce that S a certain way. Is that a fucking picture of Jesus? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've had
0: that painting of Jesus for gotta be 15 years. Beautifully done, but he's white.
1: In he's that. thoroughly in, white. In this rendition. Yeah, that's a, a representation of Jesus as if. Uh, some people say he was hanging out in North America. Oh my God. Back in the day. I know, and some people say Santa's white. Santa's not real. No, Sorry,
0: no. kids. I've, have I told you that we got Santa cards where we have it's a black Santa, and we would send them out every Christmas to people. Like, did people get offended? Well, we send them to people who know us. Okay. Like my wife's sister, so I guess my sister-in-law. She's one of these people we've sent a black Santa card to, and I I think they think it's hilarious.
1: Oh, Jolene. Yeah, that's Jolene.
0: I think she might listen to this show. Oh. This one
1: (laughs) this one's for you. Yeah.
0: This one's definitely for you. You segued from talking about the dildo in the back there. It's not an actual dildo, it's the box from a dildo. The dildo's actually in our bedroom. (laughs) Where it belongs. Yeah, that's where dildos go. I mean unless Do you have a drawer? We have a drawer. What's in it? I don't know. Grandma might listen to this. Yeah. Grandma, I don't have any more grandmas. There's a dildo. You don't don't have any grandmas? Oh, man, I don't have any grandmas either. We're in that same club. This is a grandma-free zone right here. <laughs> no grandmas we're allowed. All, we're, all of, we're all out of grandmas. <laughs> That's a terrible
1: reference to make about grandmas, That's what you awful. just did right there. I love my grandma.
0: Yeah, I'm sure she was a great lady.
1: She was. She was a special lady. She had a great taste in music,
0: I heard. She was a big fan of Spyro Gyra. Yeah, she jammed. Um. Yeah, no, but I... I'm sure that Tammy is annoyed with me for not throwing that box away of that for that dildo, but it's cardboard. It's like hard cardboard with a fun color picture on the front, and I just find it amusing. And it's gonna follow me like everything else in this room from place to place. And oh, bunny! The box will probably outlast the dildo. Chris, Chris <laughs> met my. Uh, I have a stuffed animal bunny that I've had since I was 15. That sit in our living room on the couch.
1: I don't know what's more shocking, that or Sharky sharky
0: Sharky's the best you're seeing a lot of fucking intimate stuff around here huh you're like
1: getting really in getting deep well you know some of the stuff i know i've seen before yeah you know i know for for sure i've seen it before but it's like the dildo the dildo i've tasted that dildo (laughs) it's delicious (laughs) oh boy all right well
0: what else do we have to say about warehouse that's it bro i don't think there's anything else to say i guess i should talk about my quitting there yeah let's i don't really have a story i started just like not it, it Started when things got bad with the relationship, and then I was kind of not feeling a good vibe there anyway. Um, I was, you know, I, it just kind of
1: became time to move on. Well, Diana continued to work there.
0: Yeah. I, f- I think. It's a little fuzzy, but. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So things
1: did. between you and Diana kind of got bad, and that probably soured it a little bit for Jacqueline and Diana. Oh, it absolutely did. So how were you and Jacqueline during that period? Mostly good, but there was there was a bit of friction for sure. Did she resent you for that? Probably. She didn't.
0: She didn't actively hold it against me, but I I'm sure it flavored some of our interactions at the time. And I didn't say like you're not allowed to hang out with her any anymore or anything like that. But I made it pretty clear it was going to be challenging to keep both relationships going smoothly. Um, you know, like I said last episode, one of my one of my few kind of regrets in life is the way I handled that situation for sure. But, yeah, I mean, you know, she... At the end of the day, she kind of chose... And it wasn't like she chose me over. It wasn't something like that. It was just sort of the way things worked out. We were together first. Kind of, yeah. And it was like, you know... I mean, it
1: wasn't like you three were like, hey, my name's Lou. Do do you want to go out on a date? Yeah, it wasn't like that.
0: It was, you know, the person came and joined our little, little trip for a bit, and then they went off and did their own thing. Um yeah i don't i just remember feeling like uh, i'm kind of over this this place um it started to be not as fun oh i actually forgot something weird that happened there that i i wasn't working but uh, Jacqueline was and a fucking guy like an older guy drove through the front wall and window of the store and like ran into the like cash registers and stuff didn't hurt anybody but she was like at the register area when it came through (laughs) I like she f- had some danger in the workplace dude she got fucking held up uh-huh for up. sure she had some crazy shit happen at jobs she should probably be doing this podcast <laughs> <laughs> but she only
1: had like eight jobs <laughs> i mean yeah, eight I don't, episodes I don't, yeah
0: i don't know how many but less than me i would imagine um yeah but yeah i don't i don't really think i have anything more to say about that job i i ended up quitting and getting a job i uh, well so we'll talk about that in a second but yeah um I ended up just going going a different way, trying something different, hit my limit, made some, I don't know, choices about relationships and, <laughs> and how followed would, them where
1: they led. How would this job rate on the PP scale?
0: Uh, I'd say it's probably an eight at the at the best of times. You know, there was times where it was one of those jobs where I didn't dread going to it for large parts of it. I think that's why I was like, I think I'm an, I think I'm done here because I started like not want to go, you know, but for the most part like the first three months of it i would say i was just like this is cool this is sort of theater like you know um
1: and you're i mean you're working with your fucking girlfriends yeah
0: most shifts it kind of varied i mean it was interesting because sometimes i'd be working with one sometimes i'd be working with the other sometimes they'd be working together and i wouldn't be there sometimes all three of us were there and there was you know multiple shifts so sometimes. I'd show up middle of the day and then they'd get off together, or vice
1: versa, get off together. Oh, there's a dildo behind me. <laughs> We're talking about sex now. I can't help it.
0: I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> Your eyes just lit up. I know. I'm so pre- fucking predictable. It's I. I'm 43, dude.
1: When's this gonna end? If there's one thing I know about you, it's I know you're I'm, just gonna go ahead and be you. I'm be 70, being like, like it's a dildo. <laughs> you, you have you have softened though yeah i, I you used to be a little bit more hard
0: yeah that's called you know like you get older it's, it's harder to keep it up <laughs> right oh man
1: fuck that we were just talking about viagra earlier too all right so you give it a fucking eight. i, give it I think that's eight. too high do you yeah i think that's too fucking high all right but i wasn't there i know
0: listen you try having a job with two girlfriends you tell me what you'd give that okay i'd say an eight I, i'd say eight and then it waned pretty quick at the end it went from like an eight to a four you know okay but yeah it's like anything else the job isn't what makes the experience sometimes you know it's the circumstances around it and they were great for a while and then they were less great uh the next episode we're gonna be talking about we're going back to the movies dude going back to the movies
1: i don't want to do this anymore (laughs) so all right well next episode we get our driver's license We turn 16. Yeah, we're turning 16. We're going to Edwards Fashion Island 7
0: and Edwards Big Newport 6. It's going to be a twofer. Uh, (laughs) This is a two and one? Yeah, it's a two and one. Okay. Which means the episode after that is going to have to be a special episode to get us back on track. Uh, So we'll talk about that next time. But yeah, Edwards Fashion Island 7 and Edwards Big Newport 5. One of which is still there and the other one is not there anymore. Uh, Movie theaters in Newport Beach. I worked at one and then the other one for a hot minute. But we'll talk about that next time. Hopefully, you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully, I didn't piss too many people off. Hopefully, there aren't any dildo enthusiasts out there angry at me because I said the wrong thing, and <laughs> pro- pronounced it wrong. Glass. It's, it's pronounced "dildo." La <laughs> we're in California. <laughs> I know. You know, it's funny too. Like we do the voice, but when we're together, it's it's nonstop. It's, I feel so it's bad gruff. for it's gross. It's like, really I'm just kind of like keep looking back to see how she's gonna react i know the good news is all the all the uh resentment and anger will just be aimed at me you're good don't worry about it <sighs> she's she's gonna be like fucking lou brings us out of chris every time <laughs> well she was gotta look at me and she's like he's not like this when you're not around <laughs> i think i might just be a different version of annoying when you're not around but you know. i like it i digress yeah i do what i do i gotta entertain me you know you only yellow once. Yep. <laughs> are we signing off? We are. I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming by, and uh, hopefully you'll join us next time. Appreciate it. Bye, guys. Bye.